forever. Dog. When your first choice is a big old bus, you turn around and boom, you end up with us. I'll drag him here, and I'll drag every one of those fucking Los Angeles Pride, L.A. Pride board members. I had, your emails are not anywhere on that website. I had to go onto LinkedIn's. I had to, and they're not there either. They're all not there. Also, side point, the only, none of them have posted anything about Black Lives Matters except for the one person that I can tell is actually black on there. The rest of them posted one little black square. Ooh, the black Saying square. We're gonna have just one little black square. Ooh, activism. Excuse me. How are you going to throw an L.A. pride, say that it's black for the black community, and then when asked for two days by emails, Twitter, Instagram, people asking questions, not answer any of them? Just as I thought. Trash. Trash. Um, you so if at this point it is Thursday, tomorrow is Friday, all, things may have changed. I have a phone call with them later. But as of right now, not a single one of the L.A. Gay Pride community or board members of the L.A. Pride board would respond to any questions about where the funding is going, what actual black community leaders will be there, if Black, Li- black Lives Matter is involved in L.A. Pride. I'm sorry I'm so heated and I sound so angry, but it's... It, these are not hard questions to answer. So for, for them to... Oh, I was just going to say, go for folks listening who aren't in L.A., essentially uh, the L.A. Pride organization put up uh, an image saying that on June 14th, instead of Pride, there was going to be a Black Lives Matter march in conjunction no, with L.A. Pride. it was going to be called L.A. Pride, but it was going to support Black Lives Matter. And if or for no, not Black Lives Matter. It's to support the Black community. I'm sorry. And uh, Meatball, aka Olivia Benson, gun gun, boom boom. I said, well, okay, if it's for Black people, um, who, who, what Black leaders were reached out to? Uh, did you talk to Black Lives Matters? Uh, did you, who, who, who's getting donations? Uh, is is any corporate sponsor going to be there? Because LA money Pride, or are they going to LA Pride went from being a public event to being a private event like two years ago, where you had to pay sixty dollars just to get in. It's coined. that is a money. It's money. So somehow they're throwing this protest, but I don't understand why, unless for profit. Yeah, just take the loss. Take the COVID nineteen loss on Pride. It's really sticky. The optics on it are great. They don't look good. Well, no, I would say that of the people who are not taking a closer look, when I first saw that image, I said, okay, work, they're stepping up. But that's the problem. It looks like it. They slapped a fucking Black Lives Matter Band-Aid onto an event that we don't know if they even cared about. And so as of this point, I'm speaking to the president of the Pride. I have his phone number and I will be calling him later tonight and I will get more answers. Um, But it seems as though, and the optics of what I'm seeing is that they made the plan to throw a pride and then people started saying, where are the black people? And they scrambled for answers. Right. Because nobody there is talking. And they all said, we're going to make a statement. Honey, it's been all day. If you were actually speaking to these people and they were actually a part of it, it would not take you a day to make a statement about what black people in the community are taking part in this pride. It shouldn't take a day, honey. It should have been set up before you made that post, honey. 
Miss Honey. If you knew what you were doing and you were doing it well, or you're doing at least, even if you weren't doing it well, if you were doing it correctly, you would be able to just make a statement. Yeah, the statement would be, yes, we've spoken to Black Lives Matter and we have these three people that we talked to and we're working on a way to make sure that the police aren't going to get funding from this and that there won't be corporate sponsors. And if there is a corporate sponsor, it is donation based and they will be donating a lot of the money over half. I'd like to see over half the proceeds of anything they're selling there sent to, I don't know, the LGBTQ Freedom Fund. How could they be selling something? I don't know. I don't know. It's right? But that's why the answer they should they should be able to answer the question that there are no corporate funders. Right. They should be able to answer that question. That is not a hard question. But the the yeah. The problem they is they should say these we systems, won't have police. They should say these are the black leaders that we've joined with to talk about this. But they can't because they haven't done it. They're scrambling to do it right now. Girl, you you're hot on the case. I love it. We love Bitch, we love I to went, see you it. You know what happened was I felt like I wasn't doing enough for the protest. I really felt bad because hi guys, welcome to Sloppy Seconds. <laughs> I felt like I wasn't doing enough for the protest. I was donating money, I was donating my tips from my numbers and sure. I was I was doing stuff but it didn't feel I felt still detached like I was just watching at home. And I know that there's nothing wrong with just if that's what you're able to do, then that is what you're able to do. Right. But I was like, I'm physically able to go to this protest. And Pinche and Cabrina um, raised money and they bought water bottles and food and snacks and chips. And they packed these little lunches and we walked around the protest and handed food out. And we like sat with people. And I talked to a bunch of people yesterday. And it, I think because I was stuck in that yesterday was the first time I've seen anybody right. in 75 days. So maybe there's a little bit of that, why I'm so impassioned by it. But like, Seeing the cops like and the and the sheriff's department like laughing at us and videotaping us and doing this stuff, I was like, this is not a movement to be laughed at. This is not something to be taken advantage of and slapped onto a parade so that you can get some maybe some money out of it. This is a real movement, and people need like we need reform, and it just feels so stupid. Well, there's also a big thing where you know that term like oh so and so sitting up in their ivory tower that term do you know that yeah. Term? yeah yeah yeah. i think we often think that that is um uh only relevant to people who are millionaires or billionaires or have tons of power but that statement i think uh, uh, f- like applies to a lot of scenarios there are so many people where this doesn't feel urgent enough they can it goes back to posting a black square on instagram yeah. There are people who think like, you know what, I will, you know, I agree. I'll let me post this little square on here and then keep going. And that's it. That's all they're doing. And um, you know, this is a moment and and it's it's fucked that it's all happening in the pandemic, but it it makes it that much more urgent and it honestly allows more people to be involved because yeah. People can actually get out like like the country is hurting in so many ways. And this amplifying this this way that there's a fucking genocide going on. And because people are not, you know, being beholden to their bullshit jobs at Jamba Juice, they can take to the streets and make their voice heard. Exactly. And I am oh, I know it's already happening where they're like protesters have caused an increase in coronavirus cases girl, it's like here listen up do the math two weeks you know who Some else was faster, doing it but two weeks baby the georgia governor that's who also uh, caused an increase you know the floridian governor girl um <sighs> yeah 
I did a blood drive on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. How'd it go? Um, The Red Cross was shady. They were like, well, we wanted 20 pints and we only got 18. So, you know, we fell fell short of our goal. I was like, okay, let me tell you. I wanted to do this blood drive because the FDA reduced the regulations on gay men giving blood. And then your coordinator told me that didn't go into effect yet. So all the people who came were straight people and a lot of them flaked on us and uh, I didn't know them. So I said, once we get a good date when we can give you that good gay blood, this is going to be packed. We're going to have a drag queen here. We're going to have a disco ball. We're going to have a DJ. And Diva, I'm going to give you 40 pints of blood. Yeah, we'll turn it up as long as after we give the blood, we're allowed to drink. But <laughs> and I, and I, you know, I'll be there for free because it's for a good cause. <laughs> but I better get free booze. Wait, is it possible for me to give blood and then start drinking and dancing immediately? Well, I'm gonna say it won't be possible because what they did is they reduced the reg- the restriction, but they didn't eliminate the restriction. Uh, so you have to be celibate from man on man fucking for three months. It used to be a year. So I can still get blood. I'm just kidding. Oh, y'all don't fuck? I no. I no, I literally took a load an hour okay. ago or whatever. Okay. Ew, ew, ew. So um uh one other thing I wanted to say also is promote tonight. We just wanted to do an intro because we recorded this interview with tenderoni who we love but we recorded this like a week ago or a week and a half ago like yeah a week and a half ago it really long before shit truly hit the fan also if let's remind the or let's think about the term shit truly hit the fan it's been like eight days six days six <laughs> or eight days since yeah but six days since like protests oh seven things. days yeah oh and then tomorrow will be the eighth day you're right yeah well thank you for that bad <laughs> No, I really we, did that for you. We, I'm we, sorry, my brain is on ten. fire. I love it. I love like, seeing you. So Michael was like, they're not going to respond because they're scared of you. And I was like, what? Asking simple questions isn't scary. Sorry. No, I, <sighs> I'm I'm really, I I am excited. I will say, like, it is so exciting to see so many people mobilize, and I get excited and impassioned by my friends. And didn't you think? Because of all the things going on, because the imagery of the police brutality at these protests, because of the pandemic, because of just the the fear to step outside of our comfort zone, it feels really easy to be like, there are so many reasons why I'm not going to leave my house and go put you know, feet to pavement. And then what? Yeah. You went down there with people that you know. You went down there with friends. You felt supported. You felt passionate. You felt energized. And now, you know, that's what a movement is, the support of one another behind a unified cause. Yeah. So you guys just get out there and support any way you can. Like, even if you just go to the protest for an hour and hand out water bottles, you're helping. It was hot. Like, we're not, I don't think that you have to stay. You could leave at curfew. You know what I mean? Like, just go and, like, let your body be there for an hour yeah. or two. There's tons of different ways for activism. I was talking to a friend of mine who was like, I don't feel good unless I'm at the front of the line looking at cops in the eye. And I said, I won't do that. But we did bring, I don't know if we should say this. We did bring medic bags in case shit hit the fan. Yeah. And our plan, like, we had, like, full kits with us because we all know first aid. So we were like, we'll, like, get people as they're coming wounded and, like, get them somewhere safe and then help them. I mean, there are so many, there are so many, uh, 
uh, ways to support. Just giving money, raising awareness. Fucking, it's hard to get people to care about this LA Pride thing. I've been doing it all day. Yeah. I think it'll be, I think your call will be really illuminating and we can obviously keep talking about it on the podcast. But so I guess, you know, we don't want this uh, intro, like, like I'm really happy to talk to you and I think we would uh, have like a full episode and I would yeah, love but- to have a full episode with you, but we do want to hear from Tenderoni and that is a, f- oh yes, a f- Tenderoni and it's a full episode and it's so good. Yes. It was back at the good times when we talked, <laughs> uh, back before the anger. <laughs> But there is uh, just, there are a few moments of where it's sort of like echoey, weird sound, but that's just, you know, Tenderoni was in Chicago. We were doing the digital thing. So uh, we 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 ask your forgiveness in those moments. Um, and I want to plug real fast. I'm doing um, uh, Bitch Puddin's digital drag show this evening. Ooh. Uh, and that is a benefit show. Uh, all the proceeds are going to um, Black Visions Collective and uh, Color of Change, I believe. Uh, yeah. I've been, we've been, we, we raised, we raised $15,000. I saw, that's insane. On Race Chasers live stream, which I was so proud of. We gave $7,500 to Project Q in Los Angeles, which offers services for homeless LGBT youth. Um, and it's like a black run organization with a focus on trans kids. Uh, we gave $2,500 to Black Visions Collective. We gave $2,500 to the um, LA Action uh, Bail Fund here in Los Angeles. And we also gave $2,500 to the Breonna Taylor Memorial Fund. Yes. Um, so we turned that out. Yes, Color of Change and Black Visions Collective. That's who the bitch put in Digital Drag Show is. And do you know what I'm currently remixing right now? I uh, am remixing. Did you see that Zoom call of that guy? I'm, yeah. I'm putting a beat behind it when he called into the police uh, Zoom meeting. It's going to be really I cute. I loved that. I thought that was hilarious. So many people just tore them up and you know the worst part about it is that they don't care and they're not gonna care i can almost guarantee you that shit was on mute for them the whole time I w- yeah there was no evidence that they were listening to people scream and yell at them for six and hours the fucking police I was like, it's a Zoom chief. call. yeah he had oh, his mask in his on. eyes doing whatever which means like he was on mute just like talking to somebody off screen yep trash just as i trash. thought trash so all your elected officials trash president of pride trash the entire board that read my messages and said seen and then did not respond trash Trash. i'm coming for you la pride and i'm not coming in an angry way i'm coming in a way where i need (laughs) response that's right and you can catch us me and meatball hosting the main stage at los angeles pride 2021 uh they couldn't afford it Enjoy this wonderful, amazing episode with drag icon. Megan Trainer is going to head every pride for the next <laughs> 45 years. Dra- if I- Welcome, drag if- king. No, you, you have to sing the Megan Trainer before we go. If, if I, I were was you, you I, I want to be me, me too. too. Wait, if I were you, I want to be me too. I want to be me too. <gasps> It sounds like she... She was ahead of the time with the Me Too movement. <laughs> okay, we can't do this. Drag icon and whip crack enthusiast. Uh, this is... T- Tenderoni. The notes. 
Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. When my fridge is stocked with Factor meals, I'm like... Oh, baby, I don't have to think about this. Mm-hmm. Like, it is so nice. The combinations are so good. I am a meat eater, but the vegetable options, there are so many. Like, I remember I had like a, it was like a mushroom with pasta and like a cauliflower rice. And I was like, the mushroom is filling. Like, there's plenty of uh, portion, there's plenty of vegetable, and there's plenty of flavor. And I am usually sort of not a microwave person. Mm-hmm. Very cool that this quality of food can just be heated up in the microwave. And so fast. I also love it because I am a a very much into ordering delivery. And now having all the food there, I can kind of pick what I want and it's ready in two minutes. I don't have to wait an hour for stuff to get delivered. And these are way healthier options than ordering delivery. Completely. And when they have multiple things in them, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, if I cook for myself, all I'm going to eat is the biggest bowl of pasta you've ever seen in your life. But this is like, you get a little pasta and the chicken and a vegetable all in one dish. Looking for gourmet meals try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp truffle butter broccolini and asparagus and factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping cooking or cleaning up all you got to do is heat up and savor the good stuff customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need pause to reschedule deliveries that suit your lifestyle and we're celebrating earth day all month long with factor look out for the earth month eats badge on the menu items for their lowest carbon footprint meals head to factormeals.com slash sloppy seconds 50 and use code sloppy seconds 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code SloppySeconds50 at Factormeals.com slash SloppySeconds50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's a sleigh, baby. Hi, you stupid little fucks, you nasty little fucks, you dumb little fucks. It's quarantine time! (laughs) Let me out of my house, you dumb little fucks. Welcome to Sloppy Seconds. I'm Big Dipper and Meatball, and this is Sloppy Seconds with Big Dipper and Meatball. Yeah, you look like both of us. I weigh about the same as both of us. (laughs) I can't stop eating. I'm, like, not that hungry. I I feel, like, upset that I have lost my appetite. Um, listen, it's June. Do you know this? Do I you do know, know this. When this episode comes out, it will be June. Let's get into tender. I know. I wanted oh. to give a proper intro. Oh, yes. Why don't you go ahead and do that? Um, you are, uh, one of, in my mind, the foremost drag kings in this country, mm-hmm. uh, which might feel like a bold statement, but I feel like it's true. I feel like that's um, very true. You are an amazing performer. You have like really created a lane for yourself. You're a Chicago artist and you're pretty much everyone's favorite. Uh, So we're very happy to have you on the podcast and a a gracious uh, 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 welcome. I hope everyone is clapping their hands at home for Tenderoni. 
Now you have like three intros, but here you go. Yes, Welcome dude. Well, that's what podcast. I deserve. <laughs> 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 but after each after each intro, it needs a whip crack. <laughs> yes. Okay. The iconic whip crack. Wait do you I, do you listen to this podcast? Yeah. Do you feel like it's love or hate when Meatball calls everyone sloppy fucks at the beginning? Of love, show? definitely love. <laughs> it's definitely love. <laughs> You're like, hey assholes, listen. <laughs> you have to have like the right sense of humor to to know Meatball's humor. <laughs> that's yeah, that's true. true. Well, yeah, I'd be able to take a hit. I mean, to know drag in general, you need to have a sense of humor. So, <laughs> all of your Instagram videos directed by Cat Sass. Cat Sass. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Wait, so you you often in your mixes you add a whip crack. When did that start? Let's let's start there. I mean, <laughs> whip cracks to me, I mean, is a staple of a lot of my drag numbers because, like, I've always been obsessed with old school drag. I grew up mm-hmm. being obsessed with old school drag. Obviously, it's like Tu Wong Fu and like all that stuff. All that like, um, I, I grew up with all the commercialized version of drag. But then when I really started getting into the drag scene and like, I love pageant queens. I love that painted snatched look. I love stones over the top hair. So, <laughs> I mean, I just love like something that's going to put the audience like into like a tizzy or like, you know, get hyped up. I'm like, this is like the fat man scoop of drag. Like it's like <laughs> the whip crack is what is what's <laughs> hyping the crowd up. Every time you hear that, you're like, yes. <laughs> so I try to add it into every mix I have. <laughs> <laughs> It's Um, so funny. I used to use the whip crack and like a weird floppy sound in all of my videos. Like anytime I turned my head, I would like try to put a whip crack in until it got like to the point of it being like there's too much. Yeah. Yeah. But when it's when it's coupled with that, like really good high kick. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That (laughs) video of you doing the high kicks, just a. What's funny Wait. about that is that that footage came from, um, we had, I don't know if you guys, you guys obviously know what Market Days is in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So we had a Market Days event, which was at the House of Blues, and it was with a company, I'm not going to name them, but it was with a company, and they tried to do an alternative event, and no one came to it. <laughs> and me well, and Kat were the- is it a land? Is it a never? <laughs> no, it wasn't that. Oh. It was someone else. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> no one came to it. So it was like, me and Kat Tass, we were like the headline. And they're like, well, no one's here. It's at House of Blues, which is pretty epic. So they're like, if you want free footage of you performing at House of Blues, we'll record it for you. So we got like complete footage of us performing on the stage. And I was like, hell yeah, I'll take this free footage. Wait, was literally like no one there? There was probably like four people there. Ah! (sighs) And it was like, I mean, I still got paid at the end of the day, but I was just like, who am I performing to? And then when they're like, you can have this free footage. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You were like, I'm performing to the internet, bitch. What's it? Um, well, I've done it before too, where you, you're, you're at a big venue and you're expecting it to be full, but it's like not, I mean, it's your job to promote, but it's like not your job to get the place and everyone there. Like, you know what I, do you know the difference? It's so awkward to me. It's very uncomfortable and it's hard to like, how do you like in your mind I don't know. I've had to do it so many times. I have to just like psych myself up. I, exactly. In my head, I'm just like, I'm still getting paid. I'm still getting paid. I'm still getting paid. Yeah. So yes. I'm just like, I did a couple. I, I had another some, uh, event like that where, I mean, 
I don't like to be like my trials and tribulations as a drag king. But like in some scenes, drag kings are still like not normal, especially right. me, because like, I don't know if you swear on this podcast, but like I'm a faggot in drag. <laughs> 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 so like when I'm on stage, a lot of like traditional drag queens are like people who are not exposed to drag kings all the time are like, right. what is that? <laughs> because like. I'm I'm masculine. I mean, quotation masculine, but I'm also very like femme while I'm in drag. It's funny because yeah. when I'm out of drag, I'm like a butch lesbian. But when I'm in drag, I'm like, yes, <laughs> so right. I'm almost more feminine when I'm doing like male impersonation. <laughs> but um, I did another one, which was like it was like this Latin pageant. And there I was a special guest oh. within the pageant. And there was like four people there <laughs> and they were oh all gosh. staring at me like this. <laughs> like just dead staring I was just like I was literally like performing to Natasha who was my girlfriend she was like in the middle watching me and I was literally like putting like guns to my like face <laughs> my gun, and like I put it into my choreography and she's like oh my god no one even noticed that you were even doing that <laughs> it, oh. I mean it is such a mind fuck I I'm the last time I played in Chicago I was in the middle of driving with my friend across country we were moving him from seattle to new jersey Mm -hmm. and we routed through chicago and i had booked a show but i was under the impression that the venue had like regular promotion and they were gonna and it was at a concert venue and so i got there and it was a room that could hold like 600 people and i was playing the show with uh show you suck who's a rapper from chicago and there were 12 people there And we had to do, like, we each had, like, an hour to fill. And when we got there, the venue was like, uh, why didn't you promote? And I was like, I did promote a little bit, but, like, who the fuck do you think that I am that three Instagram posts can get, like, 600 people in the city of Chicago to come out, like, on a Wednesday night? Like, I thought you had a built-in audience, which is why you agreed to pay me. People don't understand that. Yeah. I promote, I do everything that the person asks, but if I get there and then no one's there... I I take it very personally. Right. But I'm also like, I'm in the middle of wherever I am. There's no way I have 200 followers in this one little town that will come out to see me. And you have to remind yourself of the dope gigs that you did play where you slayed and you say, this is not a reflection of like the ability that I have. This is a reflection of the circumstances and getting people out to the event. I mean, it's hard too because like when I perform... I give the energy that the audience is giving mm-hmm. to me. It's like a back and right. forth. So sometimes I'm like, it's like exactly what Meepal is saying. He's like, you have to hype yourself up. You're like in the back, like red, <laughs> drinking 40 Red Bulls. Like I need to get myself hyped up. <laughs> just like out on stage, really like giving more than you've ever given before. Like I remember doing a number <laughs> and just being like out of breath. And I was just like, I don't, I, I didn't like it anyway. Why did I go harder? But the gag, the gag in touring is also sometimes you go places and they have 40 people there and they go like, oh my God, I couldn't believe the turnout. This is incredible. Oh yeah. And you're like, oh, sickening. Like, great. I live. Like you were living 40 people. Like, let's do it. And that's amazing. I mean, it shows the resilience of like some different queer communities that are like that small. All right. Enough about us complaining about gigs. I think we're all just mad because we can't fucking do them anymore. (laughs) Like, I just, I want to be back. I'll go perform for two people. I'll perform in your driveway if you live in L.A. Give me a call. You got it's pain. the same thing, though, for uh, this digital drag. People need to learn how to promote, and people need to learn how to um, put people in the lineup that there's going to be enough people to come watch the show. Yeah. Right. 
Because then the girls are the girls are sad to look at their Venmo balance and say, "Oh, I made six dollars at that show. I spent all day editing my video." Woo! Speaking of digital drag, you've been killing it. Yes, you even have your own show, which I'm going to be doing. Yes, Diva. By the time it's come out, um, it will be announced. Um, yes. My oh, show is cool. called Throwback Attack, and it's like all '80s, '90s, like old school type of uh, vibes, which is kind of my thing. Um, the first one was really good. We had Detox as a headliner and, and Sonique and a lot of like local drag. And just like I tried to get a bunch of Chicago people. And, but and I also tried to get a bunch of like drag kings that I know of, but I haven't really seen in um, digital drag. And it was a really good hit. The first like everyone got the vibe. I feel like it's like when you get a group of people and you're like, they get the vibe. You're like, yes, I'm into this. It was really right. cool. Sets the tone. Yeah, so definitely. It's a it's an 80s and 90s drag show, and you pr- primarily do, like, 90s. That's, like, your whole aesthetic. When did that... I mean, you grew up in that time period, but, like, how did you go from, like, living in that and enjoying it to, like, making it a whole character? I don't know. I guess I'm just a granny. I mean, I feel like... <laughs> I mean, I'm about to turn 32 in two weeks, and... um. <gasps> Um, I'm kind of old, I guess, but um, <laughs> I, I mean, just, not really. I'm I'm not, not really at all. Uh, I mean, compared to like the digital young people, like very yes. young, <laughs> compared to these like digital like internet young kids. But Girl, I, yes. it's just the um, I I grew up in the '90s, and I also had young parents. My parents had me when they were like 19, so like uh, they kind of grew up, and they're very much like hip hop heads, and like I was always watching. We're very much into pop culture, so like I was, I always had the TV on, like Ricky Lake, Jenny Jones, everybody. Those yes! were my babysitters. Yes! <laughs> my babysitters was like Jerry Springer, all that. I just watched whatever I wanted. Like I kind of didn't have a filter, which was good and bad because I could just intake so much pop culture, anything that I wanted. <laughs> yeah. So I love a good pop culture reference, but like my parents were always into like freestyle and um. Like, always, like, my dad was, like, in the b-boy scene. So he was, like, very much into, like, Africa Bambada and, like, all that, like, hip-hop. Like, yes. <laughs> so I have a lot of good influences around me. Did they teach you to dance or did you teach yourself? <laughs> no, I taught myself. <laughs> I mean, I've always, like, to get this point across, like, when I was growing up, I was a Michael Jackson impersonator in high school. <laughs> For real? Yeah, like, li- this is my tattoo. <laughs> <gasps> oh, my gosh. <laughs> So, I've like, never seen that. It's huge. <laughs> I got it a year after he died. Um, <laughs> so, like, I was oh, obsessed with Michael Jackson God. in high school. I was obsessed with Michael Jackson, like, since I was, like, 10 years old. So I used to just be obsessed with, like, being like that, performing like that. I used to wear a glove to school, fucking loser. Like, in 2001, wearing a glove, Michael Jackson glove, <laughs> to high school. Was it rhinestoned? Obviously, yeah. Diva. Yeah. <laughs> and what did your boyfriend at the time think? <laughs> You got it right on the head. <laughs> my mom, oh my my, I used to have so many trades in high school. <laughs> and they were cute oh. too. <laughs> Good for oh, you. My mom I'm used jealous. to tell me, because I used to always bring, like my parents were the cool kids. Like you could come to my house. My parents always like potheads. They always like smoked weed and shit. So like everyone liked to come to my house because there was no rules. So I would always bring my friends or my trades home. And I would be like, we're watching music videos. And I had like the Michael Jackson DVDs. And she's like, oh, she's giving them the Michael Jackson treatment. Like that's what she would <laughs> And we would just like watch music videos. And I'm like, if you pass this, then you can be my trade. 
Oh my god. Oh, so you've got standards. I see. I do. <laughs> Gotta meet the standards. Wait, so um do you remember when you were talking about Jenny Jones? Wasn't this might be a fever dream, but didn't occasionally like Ricky Lake and Jenny Jones have musical guests? It would be like it would be like, oh, so and so, like their sister is fighting with them about a relationship, but then also like not Maybe. every week, but they would be like, be like oh, and, and here's boys to men. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant she, it would be like, they're fighting with their sister, but first she goes sing us a bop. <laughs> no. Like they were the guests. I feel like I maybe like, I do I remember just, a performance. I, I, I like could totally see like would... uh, Cece Peniston on yes. <laughs> Jenny Jones. <laughs> yes. Completely. I was like, maybe that's Arsenio, but you know what? I do. I can see it on the daytime too sometimes. <laughs> yeah. That I mean, I, I I'm just like I remember being obsessed with that Boys to Men CD. Uh, uh, was it just? I think it was just called Boys to Men, the one with the big Roman numeral two. On yes. The front. What was your oh, favorite yeah. boy band from your childhood? Backstreet Boys. I was just talking about this. Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I made my dad when we would we lived in London and we would like come back to America for the summers. So he would like they, my parents would rent cars and we'd rent an apartment and pretend to be like we lived here. And we forced my dad to rent a Mustang so that I could listen to Backstreet Boys in it when by myself. And that's what I would do all summer. I would just sit in the car and listen to Backstreet Boys by myself. Thoughts? You ever try to drive it? I did try to hotwire it because it was a rental and I was like, what's going to happen? <laughs> Not Backstreet I love Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys is also my tea. So that Backstreet Boys and then on my uh, other side, it was Drew Hill. <laughs> Oh, because ah. I am a Cisco stand too. The real good. that thong, the thong, the thong, thong, thong. thong. Yeah. Did that song change your life? That let me ask you. Oh, obviously, I used to have a Cisco poster above my bed. Like I love Cisco so Ooh, much. That, His with hair, that white blonde hair. My mom always told me I used to have a Cisco poster, and then like AJ from Backstreet Boys, and that was mine. And she's like, "You just grew up to become them. <laughs> like you're like them merged yeah. together." <laughs> um. So obviously, like your parents sound very cool as far as like cultural and music, you know, influences. Was there like your queerness? How did that happen or develop in your family? Or was it just sort of like a given and and everyone was like, great, that's you? I mean, it was, it's actually kind of funny because I always had boyfriends in high school and stuff and. I was definitely like suppressing my gayness, <laughs> but my my parents never had any like. My mom was like, "I know you're gay since you're eight. She's like, "I was just letting you get those boys out of your system." <laughs> ah! Your mom, the ultimate wing. I didn't yeah. even I didn't even have like to come out to her or my family. I I basically like had boyfriends. I had like one serious boyfriend in high school. Then I went to college. And I, I went to college for one year, dropped out, <laughs> came home, and then I came out, and then I went back to college gay. Yes. <laughs> Same college? Yeah, I didn't really have to come out. I, like, I remember I just went back, and I went home, and my, I was at the mall with my mom, and I was telling her I like this girl's shirt. I was like, oh, this shirt's, that girl's shirt is really cool. And she's like, I know you like more than the shirt. <laughs> ah! Your mom. Your mom I is on it. Stand my mom. My mom is diva. Joanna, yes, she's a diva. <laughs> Does Wait, she come to shows? Be... She's good. She might be making an um, appearance in the next throwback <gasps> attack. Ooh. Yes, I live for that. I'm, j- I'm just imagining your, your like sophomore year return to college 
like what your entrance line would be if it was like drag race. <laughs> like if you're like, I'm back, I'm gay, and I'm remastered 2.0. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then I was like, we already knew you're gay. <laughs> and you were like, check this Michael Jackson glove. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so you mentioned... Well, so now I want to know how you got into drag. Like, obviously, Michael Jackson impersonator in college. Like, like, did you were you thinking about performing prior to drag, or did you see drag and say, "I want to do that," and that's how you started performing? Like, because Meatball was like an actor for a while and did that, mm-hmm. and like I went to theater school. What was your like? And now you do what? Yeah, exactly. What is it that I do? Tenderoni's been, we played a show together. We played a Pride together. Yeah, we did Bloomington, Indiana. They saw me turn it. I've Bloomington's seen, a turn I've seen Rick Dipper perform a bunch. I remember at Berlin, the LaCroix thing with the, the kiddie pool. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a mess. Right after I came out with LaCroix Boy, they booked me at Berlin and they were like, we're literally going to do a LaCroix party. They hung cans all over the thing. Oh, and my it, God. And I orchestrated at the end of it to strip down and stand in a kiddie pool. And I passed out cans to everybody and I had them Sounds pour cans right. all over me. <laughs> that sounds about right. You have a brand and I stand it. I love that. I love yeah. that. Type of- <laughs> and I, I love like all of your like merch and stuff, how it's all like snacks or like pop culture type of things. Like, you know, I stand that. <laughs> Just my face. Just put my face on everything. Exactly. That's how I think too. <laughs> um, so how did you get into performing? Um, so as far as performing, like when I was in high school, I, like I told you, I, I used to do like a lot of Michael Jackson stuff, but then after I, like on, when I went, <laughs> we to, get it, we get it. The Michael Jackson thing. Like my, my guidance counselor used to, um, clear out the lunchroom and let me perform on the cafeteria table. What? <laughs> you know, I'll send she you a like, link. I'll send you a link to, to I have it on YouTube, a link to me doing it in, in high school. <laughs> But anyways, past that, when I went to college, I just, I stopped performing. I went to college and I was just focusing on like illustration. Like I went to school for illustration, like digital design. Uh, I was like, that explains the backdrop that you made. (laughs) Yeah, I I did like airbrushing. (laughs) I went to school for sign painting, like pinstriping, um, stuff like that. So um, after college... I just worked retail because I guess that's what you do after art school. So I worked retail and I ended up moving to, I used to live in Boston. I'm based out of Boston, Massachusetts. Oh. oh. Western Mass. And then I went to school in Boston. That's where I met Natasha, who's my girlfriend of 10 years, who me oh, all know. Damn. I, for some reason, I just assumed you were like born and raised in Chicago. No, I've me been too. here for about six years. In September, it'd be six years. Wow. So you came out there with Natasha. Yeah. We moved together. Were you doing drag at that point or no, not even yet? Nope. So we moved here. Um, the We used to love going out to gay clubs in Boston, but the drag scene back then, not now, because I've already well. offended people saying that. The drag scene <laughs> drag back <now>. then was <laughs> whack. <laughs> the drag Club scene in Cafe. Boston in 2014 was whack. <laughs> Julie. Wait, what was that place? Julian's? Ju- Ju- uh, um, Jacques. Jacques. Jacques is like where you bring your mom for like her birthday to go to see a drag club. It's like one of those old school drag institutions. Uh. So, I mean, there wasn't much for drag. And we were like, me and Natasha, like drag race stands. We like loved watching RuPaul. Like we had the same interest. So we moved to Chicago and I was working retail here. I got relocated here from my job in Boston. Like they moved me to Chicago. It was like a job opportunity that opened up. So I moved here. I, I thought it was all that. I was a, a good um, lesbian stock um, manager, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
inventory so I analyst. Know the, <laughs> I know the numbers. I got a clipboard. I'll let you know what the inventory is. <laughs> and um, so we moved here and then we met a bunch of people. Um, some who I worked in, in a stock room. He actually makes leather harnesses. His name is um, V Leather Gear. He makes like leather harnesses for a lot of people in oh, Chicago. Oh, cool. Um, Shout out to Jerry. He's like one of my first friends in Chicago. Um, he is the one who recommended going to Berlin to see a drag show. Because I was like, I want to see drag. Like, where can we go? And he's like, oh, wow. go to Berlin every Saturday. There's a show called Drag Matinee. Like, it's at 10. You should go there. So then he yeah. introduced me to that scene. And me and Natasha went. And we saw Drag Matinee for the first time. And, like, the first person I saw there was Trixie Mattel <laughs> tap dancing <laughs> for, like, seven people at Drag yes, Matinee. Yes, <laughs> I remember she used to do those shows. Because that would have been what? You said you moved to Chicago 2014? Yeah, 20, like, late 2014, early 2015. Yeah. Like, those type of... Those times. <laughs> those <laughs> it was like the, this well, was like the was come like... up of kimchi, shea coulee. Like, all of them were all in Drag Matinee. So we were, like, seeing all these people come up. And we were like, whoa, like the drag scene in Chicago is dope. So we were like, we were avid fans. We went every Saturday. We started becoming friends with T-Rex. We started going to the shows and we were just like, we met all the drag queens and performers and we kind of created like a friend group of people we would go every Saturday. And now, I mean, we started going to Crash Landing, which is T-Rex's other show with Nico, and which is a competition. It's a drag competition. Yeah. And then... I mean, when we used to go out to the clubs, T-Rex would always be like, you're crazy. Like, you're always dancing, jumping around, <laughs> like, just like <laughs> on the dance floor. So then T-Rex was like, I dare you to compete. <laughs> so T-Rex dared me to compete in Crash Landing. And that's was how I started doing drive. T-Rex actually did perform? Or she... Yeah, I saw T-Rex perform twice in person. Twice? Twice. I've only ever heard stories. I'm so jealous. Dude, you've been to Queen before on Sundays? Yeah. They used Dude. to have performances at Queen. <laughs> really? Right. Because Queen Where? is... Queen is usually like just like a club vibe, like deep yeah. house. It's like late night on Sundays and it's at Sound Bar? Down Smart like Bar. Smart bar. Yeah, it's underneath Metro, which is like the Metro is like the concert venue that's on top. And then um, Smart Bar is underneath. It's a very looks. It's like you go and you are. It's very like club kid looks. It's it's really good house music. The DJs are always on point. I actually hosted it one time. And funny story, uh, Lucy, they didn't come up with the theme for it before I got there. And then they finally were like, the theme is red. So I was staying with Lucy's stool. So we went to a Joanne's and I got red fabric. And she was like, my sewing machine works. And we got to her house and her sewing machine didn't work. So I had to just like wrap this red spandex around myself. She didn't have any red costumes. I looked so terrible. I'm going to post I that I think picture. I was in Chicago the weekend. You did you come I- by. <laughs> you were there. Yeah. Wait, so did you um, win Crash Landing? Yeah. No, so I competed in Crash Landing and I made top three, but I didn't win. I was in cycle. I was in cycle nine the, of Crash Landing. Bit- bit by the bug i got bit by the bug and it snowballed from there <laughs> not this this constant beautiful gesture i love I got bit by the bug wait okay wait, so were you ever actually bad was there a point in time where you looked ugly and were bad at, at drag i did not know how to do makeup back then so okay t the, the real t is that my makeup is all from my girlfriend Natasha going to clean out Kimchi's apartment after she after she was on Drag Race, and I was taking all of her old makeup that she didn't use anymore. Yes! So all of my original drag makeup was Kimchi's old drag makeup. Hand me down, queen. Hand me down, queen. 
<laughs> and that's how I learned like some good old Ben Nye. And, you know, I was just trying to learn. And honestly, there was no, when you think about it, like Drag Race has been there for 10 years. So there's so many mm-hmm. references for drag queens, but for drag kings, there's not a lot of references. Mm-hmm. So it's that's hard. Because <laughs> I mentioned this in our podcast. A couple people got upset. I said, recently that there are a lot of bad drag kings <laughs> and i countered with there are a lot of bad drag queens and i think that to me it was because i don't see that many because a lot of them don't get booked in shows which is already a problem and two what do you what did you look to to get so good like what were you watching there's not other drag kings to watch you know what i mean i mean what i did was i watched drag queen makeup tutorials and just applied those techniques to myself so I would like watch what the queens were doing, but then I would try to, I mean, I'm a visual learner. I'm an artist. So like I could look at a picture and try to replicate it. So, I mean, a big influence is Land Insider. Land Insider, I always like to say is like one of the blueprints of drag king makeup and just mm-hmm. being a, an amazing drag king. He's like so good at everything he does, the attention to details, costumes, everything. But if mm-hmm. you look at Land Insider's face, he like the the angles, the squares, like it's like opposite of a drag queen. Like everywhere you guys are putting a circle, we're putting a square. <laughs> so yeah. we're like trying to square yeah. our faces out. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. I was trying to do this Tiger King makeup and I was like, it can't be that hard. I know how to do drag makeup. And I was like, I was looking at pictures of you and I was looking <laughs> at pictures of Landon and I was like, I can't do it. I don't know how to do this. <laughs> it's when way I harder. See There's more face. lines on the yeah. face. And you, like, are building a whole new forehead. You're creating, like, a different... Uh, it's wild. The cheek cut is, like, the, so intense. Yeah. Oh, my God. Now that I wear... I always put a beard on, and I'm just like... When I'm out of drag, I'm like, ew, I need my beard. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Me, too! I literally, like, when I'm out of drag, I'm like, oh, God, I wish I could just paint that whole area dark brown. <laughs> Pretend like it's not there. I'm like, I gave myself a complex now. <laughs> Oh my god. So yeah, so that is interesting. You mentioned earlier Tu Wong Fu. I was thinking about this. Like, I'm not even a drag queen, but um like, you know, the bird cage, Tu Wong Fu. There are sort of these like trick, like these sort of iconic the queen. queer the queens on uh, uh uh Netflix, like these iconic queer films and a lot of them feature drag queens so it's like drag queens have that to look aside from like obviously rupaul which side note can i just say you know how like straight people call rupaul's drag race they just say rupaul's yes or do you watch rupaul (laughs) yeah and i'm like that i just feel like it's it something like hurts inside when I hear people say it like that. It's like just, when people like like on Family Matters, like do you watch Steve Urkel? Like do you- right, and you're oh, like, yeah. that's not the name of the show. <laughs> exactly. Do you watch the Urkel Hour, and you're like, no, what are you talking about? Um, but are there any sort of like iconic um drag king film or television like things to look to? Uh, not really. I mean, I mean, from what I know, I don't know a lot about like, cause a lot of drag kings started like early on, like in the fifties, there was like a bunch right. of like really mm-hmm. old school drag kings, but obviously they don't have tutorials and makeup was also not a big thing back then either. It was just like a lot of andro- androgynous women that were just like dressing up. A lot of it was about like the look and like people who are androgynous can kind of just pull off putting on male clothes and be like, I'm a drag king. Yeah. Um, but a lot of like makeup tutorials. I don't, 
I don't even know. I mean, I was doing some research the other day and I found like an old photo shoot with Brooke Shields that uh, a makeup artist put her in drag. And it's like, she looks dope. It's it's actually wow. Kevin um, Kevin Alquan. He's like one of the yeah. artists. Yeah. He, he has a lot of, um, his books has a lot of like... Um, references to changing gender in like through makeup so i know that land insider also cites him as like a huge influence on his make face makeup but if you could look at his books like there's a lot of um influence in pop culture with his stuff because he's like the god of makeup faces yeah (laughs) Yeah. but i don't think there's any movies or anything that has anything referencing drag kings yeah i'm trying to think of like any I can't think of like any super visible drag kings and this sounds really bad, but like I truly only can really think of like Dusty Balls, Land Insider, Tenderoni, uh Andrew King. Yeah. There's also oh. really a Damien Deluxe out of Minneapolis. Oh Damien Deluxe too. And he's also He's, he's incredible. And he's a bodybuilder. Yeah, he's one of the only drag kings that has a full makeup tutorial on YouTube as well. Oh, yeah, wow. he does he's incredible like, and his makeup has only gotten better like he just posted a before and after the other day he does a lot of cosplay too and he's also like he also has a really good tutorial for chest binding like i don't really do that but like for people who want to do open chest drag he does a really good job at it oh we all remember titaroni when you walked out there just nippies out not titaroni that's what everyone was calling him <laughs> oh yeah you were there okay. for that <laughs> but there's also that famous comedian who is a drag king, Murray Hill. Right. Oh, yeah. But he's just like, there's also um, Moby Dick. He's like an old school, like New York drag king, too, who he does like a lot of cool stuff. I think he was in Caswell's music video. So he's it's, done a lot of stuff. It's kind of exciting because as like drag race has pushed so far into the mainstream you know like obviously rupaul has like been very vocal about like no one could handle it if it wasn't boys turning into women so that's what we're doing you know like this Mm -hmm. very like like narrow view of that kind of uh drag but it's almost like the the alternative types of drag and alternative drag performers are being more celebrated because like drag race is so mainstream it's like well i want to be a drag fan but i don't only want to watch drag on tv what are the other like what are the other performers i can support and i feel like there is i mean obviously i think there was a huge boom with landon being um on dragula and winning yeah what was that like to see a drag king win I mean, it was honestly surreal. It was so, I mean, I knew that Lando was going to go in there and kick everyone's ass because he's just so amazing at everything he does. But it was just like very validating as a drag performer. And I try not to um, like use that as my storyline is like, cause there's so much like storyline of like, Oh, like we can't do this because we're drag Kings. Like I always try to remain positive. Like I'm always yeah. like goofy and stuff like that. But like to see Landon actually go on there and do that and, and, and come out of it victorious was like so affirming for me. I was like, you know what, maybe I should stick in and, and do this. Cause I've been doing, this is like my second year doing drag full time. Like I just do, this is my main Whoa. job. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. So, you said bye-bye stock room. Hello, jock room? What would be the rhyme there? I lost it. <laughs> Whip crack room, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I named one of the colors of my palette whipcrack.mp3. What? <laughs> I can't wait to buy the bootleg version at Santi Alley. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get a sty. <laughs> yeah, it's all just like poison paint. <laughs> I saw a whole documentary on that. On, on... Uh, the, yeah, where the girl glued her mouth shut. What a dummy. Don't buy... Wait. I was, don't buy you, shitty makeup. No, Tenderoti, I I want to I I interrupted you, but you were talking about you didn't want uh, that to be your narrative. Yeah, I mean, I have been super super privileged to have the drag come up I've had in Chicago because Chicago is such a great scene for drag, and um, I've only had positive um, experiences here as far as people booking me and like being, I mean, I'm pretty well, I, I, I try to stay neutral and I've performed almost like an editor at every club in Boys Town because I tried to maintain mm-hmm. a good relationship with everyone here. And, um, I, I've been also fortunate like this year. Well, it was supposed to be a, <laughs> a good traveling year <laughs> before that I had like been traveling a lot and just like, yeah, it's so um, humbling that people actually want to see me. It's like it's almost surreal when you get there. You're like, OK, people are like, oh, my God, Tenderoni. And I was like, what? Like, you want to see me? <laughs> like, it's very weird still to me that people want to come see me. I'm just like, I'm a goofy little fat lesbian. Like, what the hell? <laughs> but you're I mean, you're doing something that not a lot of people are doing and it's visible. And I, it's just so exciting that it's like drag kings are finally getting respect not from me i'm a terrible person <laughs> i was gonna say but you also have like a really clear point of view and that's an incredible thing to be able to translate to an audience because it's like you know when something is iconically tenderoni you know like it, you can see it like you know if we were to give you some like modern day song you you would handle it but you have a different you know, energy behind you. Yeah. It's like it hits that sweet spot and that translates to an audience. I mean, I try to um, keep my drag persona. It's like, it's all about like nostalgia and it's, it doesn't always have to be old school, but it's, it's almost like a, I try to trigger like a good memory you had hearing the song or like, Oh, I was at right. this party yeah. once and I love this song. Like I try to, um, people ask me for advice all the time. like, what should I perform to get the audience happy? I'm like, you need to know what your audience is before you go in. Yeah. Because I try to, I mean, I'm not selling myself for the audience, but I love to do sing alongs. People that stuff know, like if you want to introduce yourself to um, a community or somewhere, like I try to do stuff that people are going to know or something that people's going to connect with. Or something that is just going to put a... I always try to put a smile on someone's face or just, like, just make someone happy and, like, want a party. Like, you know, I want to be, like, let's get hype. I want to be, like, Fat Man Scoop. Like, let's go, let's go. <laughs> let's go now. Let's I, go now. Let's go now. Let's go. Which I completely, like, I respect Landon Sider so much because he can fucking kill, a like, a slow song, like, a really serious yeah. song. Like, his drag is, like, so, like... I can just watch it as mesmerizing. I'm like, that is my worst nightmare to do a slow song. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I wouldn't know what to do. I I relate to that so much. Like some friends of mine just put out music and I like loved watching the music video and I loved listening to the song. But it's like there's like 45 seconds of music before they even appear on the song. And as as an audience member, as a listener, as a viewer, I'm 
so fine with that but as a performer i it's like the song starts i'm immediately rapping on it i'm immediately you hear my voice like i i i cannot deal with any lag time and i don't know what that is about me i know so many artists who are like yeah i'll just get up there and sort of groove for like fucking a minute and a half before the verse starts i'll either I'll either wait for the intro. If the song has a long intro, I'll wait for it to get like halfway done and enough time for me to get on stage or I'll just cut it off the song. That's what I do. Cut it with crack explosion. (laughs) Speaking of, uh, we're going to, we're going to take a quick break. So will give us that good whip crack crack. explosion. We're back. <laughs> Here's an important question, Tenderoni. You know Wicked? No, I'm not one of those type of gays. Sorry. <laughs> I am How not have a you never gay. seen Wicked? I'm not a theater gay. <laughs> you don't have to be a theater gay. Everyone knows about Wicked. You've at least heard the. What I know about Wicked is what you posted about Wicked. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, but I am not a theater gay. <laughs> That's my entrance oh my line for Dry Grace. <laughs> <laughs> um, what what can what what sort of competitions? We know Dragula is open to drag kings. Are there other like pageant like there's, pageants that happen? Yeah, I mean, there's like a bunch of pageants. There's like a lot of male impersonation pageants. There's Alaska's pageant that's open to um everybody. Right. There's um. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff around the, the city. I mean, I don't know if I'm do really you, interested in applying for a drag race. You, but <laughs> Do you, I mean, you talked about like having a love for that sort of drag queen. Mm-hmm. Do you feel the urge to compete or do you just like performing? Like, do you want to win a title? No, I would definitely love to win a title just because, you know, like as drag performers, we're all egomaniacs and that would be amazing. <laughs> to have that (laughs) (laughs) i I would also like you know i i'm obsessed with pageantry like stoning and just like the the overness and the extraness of pageants that i would just like i would love to just be given a challenge and try to see what i could do with it yeah that's incredible that's awesome i would love to see you in a pageant oh me too you would slay that like tuxedo with the scarf and a cane you know and it mean? would all be stoned. <laughs> that is that a reveal? <laughs> it's a reveal to another suit. Oh, I've been going in. I was just watching some continental, like old continental performances yeah. are like, that's mm-hmm. the tea. I just started putting those on in the background because it's just like, it's just something great to just watch as you're doing shit. When did you something? S- oh, go on. I was just saying there's something so magical and so specific about the way a continental competitor walks evening gown. Oh, that yeah. sort of just like walk to the center and they're like almost touching their hands together with their nails. And they're like, just like one finger will like touch their temple as if they're adjusting something, but there's nothing to adjust because it's all perfect. And then they sort of like float down. You know, it's, it's very special. I mean, I'm also love, I'm so lucky to be in Chicago. So I'm like surrounded by continental winners here. I yes. always, um, Mimi Marks, uh, Kelly Lauren, Mocha Montrese, like all these 
like icons and <laughs> continental winners. Actually, Mimi Marks is going to be in the next throwback attack with us. Oh, for yeah. real? Yes. Mimi Marks is literally an angel. <laughs> she <That's> only, so <laughs> I've done a bunch of gigs with her in Chicago and she's so, the first gig I ever had with her, I was so nervous to perform with her. It was at Hydrate. I've never performed there before. She was hosting and I was like, oh my God, like this is Mimi Marks. Like she's a legend, like iconic continental winner. And I go perform and I'm doing my, like my little poison mix. The one I always do where I'm like doing the running man. <laughs> and, <laughs> and right at that part, I fell off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> First time no, ever no, performing no. at Hydrate in front of Mimi Marks, I fell off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was hard please. too. Like face first, like boom, and then I was like, "Oh my god!" And I just got back up, and I was just like, <laughs> "Back into the Running Man." I was like, "I just got to keep going." And then she's like, "Are you okay? Because we do not have insurance." <laughs> but. She, I was like, okay, so that kind of broke the ice with me and her. <laughs> so now we're like besties. <laughs> oh my god! And full throwback. She used to do a gig or two on the Jerry Springer show back in the day. Seriously? <laughs> Wait, was she the? That's a man Maury situation. She used to go and get those Hollywood coins. Yeah, she was definitely like fucker. in those. Like, I don't yeah. like that. My friend, <laughs> born female and was asked to do that for Jerry Springer to like pretend to be what do you think's worse she was so offended she fired her agent she was like you can't be doing this to me I don't need that kind of um, Lila Starr from here yes she was on Jerry Springer (laughs) yes I remember that rap legend Lila Starr she was in the first throwback attack and she had like one of the best videos I've ever seen. She did a yes. full freestyle video. It was like all black and white. Like she was in a she was in a uh, a park. Like she was it was perfect. Yes. You can go watch it. You can I watch it on her girls Instagram. Are getting out now. <laughs> you what? Well, yeah. Were you a tech like a tech queen, a tech king? Like were you into like tech aside from edit whip crash? I mean, my dad used to be an electrician. Well, he went to school for electrician. Like, he was an electrician, whatever. I can't even talk. What the hell? (laughs) But he... Wait, so was he a little electrician? He was a little electrician. And he was really good with, like, we always... I was very lucky that we always had, like, the best electronics because that's the the only thing my dad was obsessed with. We always had, like, the newest CD player, the TV, blah, blah, blah. Half of it probably fell off the back of a truck. (laughs) It was, like, Ah, hot box type of situation. So my dad, we always used to call him Robin Hood because he knew to, he would, we used to live in this apartment building and he would wire it so everybody got free cable. (laughs) So he's like, no one's going to rat me out because no one's going to complain that they're getting free cable. (laughs) So we would always have, like, the number one like we watch tv every day we had the walkman everything so i learned i was always like the one you know when you have to do the speakers with the wires the red wire and the black wire yeah. <laughs> like i was I, I always knew how to fill it up i also used to dj a little bit when i was like in high school so like i knew how to do all that stuff but now you're coming you're making these crazy videos with like all this editing and the effects and all of that like were you used to that or was, were you did you have to learn that because of this i mean i took one video class in college but um, I just kind of picked it up on my own. I, um, I, I do all my video editing on my phone in InShot. And wow. I, I shoot everything on my phone. If you want to know the real tea, all my filters are mostly Instagram filters. Okay. Yeah. So you can, you can film Instagram 
horizontally and then do hands-free and it'll take it and it, it almost works like green screen like it'll cut the back out do whatever effect you want the only thing is that it cuts it into 15 second intervals <laughs> so uh, when you export it you have to clip them lace them all together, all together. Okay, listen up, everybody, with those Instagram edit hacks, because Meatball is over here slaving in front of that MacBook that has keeps dying because it doesn't. I can't use my MacBook because I have torrented Photoshop and Illustrator. (laughs) So if I want to use iMovie, I have to update iOS, and if I update iOS, I lose my Photoshop and Illustrator, (laughs) which is what made me use my phone in the first place. That to me is the most drag statement ever. (laughs) Yeah. That makes That's the like, most sense. Well, I can't wear the look that he, they loaned me because they're coming to the club tonight, and I told them that it was got it got lost by the thing. It's like the same thing, but with Drag technology. is just a giant scam. <laughs> <laughs> it is all scam artists. Um, I don't know why a piece of plastic costs three hundred dollars, and I'm talking about wigs. <laughs> and I'm. That's why I have not graduated to wigs yet. I need to, but I'm like, I can't. They're not gonna last a whip crack <laughs> high kick. <laughs> they're not gonna last a whip crack high kick. <laughs> but don't you think you could do like a like a debarge mullet? That's what I'm trying something? to. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to look like. This. <laughs> <laughs> Picture here: a dog with a Michael Jackson debarge mullet. <laughs> You really need oh to call God. Down um, before we get into the nasty talk, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the 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 meme of you falling in the high. <laughs> oh yeah, Miss Thing taking a tumble. You want to know the real tea of that? So yes. those shoes are Miss Naomi Smalls <laughs> shoes. Oh, so so Naomi Smalls is one of my really good friends. Like she when she lived in Chicago, like we were like super like we used to get along like we hung out all the time natasha also works with naomi small she does a lot of her back of the house stuff like she produces stuff for her and so when they're filming her music video for all stars pose that music video that she has out she gave me those shoes and she's like can you spray paint these shoes for me because i wanted to match an outfit so i'm like her like out of out of office like customizer so i'm like yeah yeah just give them to me and i'll spray paint them for you so she gives me the shoes and i'm like these are my size diva so i was like <laughs> let me try them on <laughs> so i go to try them on and i was like tell natasha i was like can you record me so i can send it to her <laughs> so i was like let me put them on that was the first take <laughs> that's you just one step and you were down one step oh, and i was down God. rest in peace Those- to my ankles <laughs> Yeah, it looks like you really. I mean, it's sort of reminiscent of that that other viral video of that girl in the shoes. Yeah, everyone tagged oh, me in yeah. that one too, <laughs> and I was like, okay, and it just like took off. It went viral. <laughs> it did. I think I posted it about a hundred times. I thought it was so funny. Well, we'll repost it again on our Instagram for the yeah. podcast if you have no idea what we're talking Every about. Every time I see Amiibo. it, it triggers me because I had a fresh haircut in that video. And I'm like, I can never have a fresh haircut again. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you're that kind of superstitious. <laughs> Wait, because Meatball, didn't didn't you take this video and repost it to all the falling songs? Yes. I you know how I like to used to do that when people well I still do it if it's a good fall people send me if you're gonna send me a drag queen falling it better be iconic it better be off a building yes <laughs> it better be me jumping off of a building um so now we're gonna get into our final segment which is called 
Fuck, fuck talk. talk. Fuck talk. I've been really hitting the notes today. Yeah, you really, you feel, you sound well lubricated. I've been drinking water, honey, because I got a headache today. Um, Too much Botox. Your skin looks really, oh, do you have the thing on on Zoom where it says enhance my look? Oh, no, I need that, that Diva. What the hell? <laughs> no, yeah. also my skin isn't good. It's a mess. It right looks now. good from here. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, fuck talk. <laughs> um, now, <laughs> we, we, you know, you're a listener of the podcast. Uh, I guess it's mostly me now. Uh, back in the, the pre-shelter-in-place days, I would just go um, run my whore mouth around town and then bring back stories to talk about it. But now we're sort of digging I got a story. in the depths. You do? Yes. Okay. Because me and Michael tried to be nasty, and it didn't oh. work out. And he, he said, you know what, go ahead and tell that to the public. No, I don't think he cares, though. But why don't you okay. tell your story first? No, I want to hear what you were oh, going to say. Okay. So we were bored, and we were like, okay, let's go do something fun. And I was like, why don't we just like go for a hike or something, and then I'll just suck your dick in the woods. Or like we'll see what happens in the woods. Which go just off. seems like a fun, normal thing to do for two adults. Um. And we... We decided to go to Angeles National Forest because they were like, there's tons of hiking and it's a national forest. Turns out Angeles National Forest ain't got no trees. <laughs> it's so all like everything. shrubbery and whatever. So we get to this one point and there was like a hiking trail and a, and a walking path thing. And it was like, here's a trail. And we were like, great. No cars are parked here. It's just going to be us. So we start walking down it and it was like kind of a difficult thing. And we were on the side of a mountain. So we were zigzagging. So we get to like the basically middle of this mountain and I just start sucking his dicks. And then we hear the beautiful voice of children. <laughs> Not uh, children. And then you hear, dung, dung, SVU. I know. It was, bong, bong. And I like immediately popped up and was like, we gotta go. And then he was like, where is it coming from? No one can see us. And so I was like looking around and like, that's when I started realizing like, we're just on the side of a mountain with no trees. And like yeah. across the way is a, huge picnic area like over a hundred feet away like the cars were looked small but still i was like we have to anyone can see us we have to get out of here and then as we were walking out i looked up and there was a family of people like above us (laughs) and he's convinced that they didn't see and that i'm just being paranoid but i was like the way they were looking at us they knew you were like we need to get out of here they saw so that's that so I don't know. Does that make me a predator because I was near children? Let me ask Olivia Benson. <laughs> she would say yes. Executive produced by Dick Wolf and Cat Sass. Cat Sass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. Wait. So I have a question, and this might be like close-minded of me because I know everyone is like really sexual, but like as a person, like you interact with a lot of faggots, and like. We are always just on the hunt for dick. Like, yes. it's always like, just like, let's have a segment in our podcast called Fuck Talk and let's talk about dicks on dicks on dicks. And like, the narrative among gay people, like, during lockdown is like, when am I going to get all the loads again? I miss having sperms in my butthole. It's like, and so my question is like, do you think we're all freaks? Like, do you see part of our community as twisted? Or are you on board with us because you were talking about having all your trades in high school? Maybe you're wired like us. I mean, I have no judgment on that. I love fags and I love the freaky ones too. 
I I also do think that like to me I've I've also dated men so I'm like that's normal for men to always want to have sex so like what's the difference between when they're gay I've like that's doubled to me I'm just like that's like double like "Ah!" so it's like okay that's normal y'all are fags and y'all are gonna want to go have sex so I'm not judging you because like do your thing (laughs) I mean I'm totally I have no judgment in regards to like sexuality and stuff like that it's like if it's consensual and it's two people or more than two people that want to do stuff like why the hell is it bothering me <laughs> go ahead and do your shit and be happy that's why yeah, as long as you're not sucking your boyfriend's sucking dick, dick in, in front park. of my kids not in front of my kids not, damn bitch not in front of my kids maybe in listen, front of my salad but not in front of my kids listen if you live in la and you know where i can have sex with my boyfriend in public and not get caught please let me know Everyone's wait like, maybe don't tell me why tell me don't, maybe don't tell you because then they'll, they'll be on because the then they'll know and then they'll be like this is where meatball fucks um i was just gonna quickly before we wrap up sort of say you know i think this is happening universally with like shelter in place that a lot of people are like remembering people that they fucked and reaching out to them just you know just sort of planting a little seed happened to me today but i <laughs> what who, who was it just the guy, some like no, it's just some guy I used to hook up with when I lived in Burbank all the time. He just messaged me out of the blue, being like, "Hey, it's me." He was like, "Let me jerk off." I was on like, your "Feet." I haven't. No, it wasn't the feet guy. <laughs> but I was like, "I haven't talked to you in like two years, three years, maybe." And you were like, "Anyway, that's like my up? mom. She, my ex boyfriend. <laughs> no, my ex boyfriend. She, oh, okay. she, she like showed me, a, sent me a picture of him with like all of his kids that he now has, and she's like, these could have been your ugly ass kids." <laughs> <laughs> Joanne, your, your mom's mom. very turned up. Stan her, yo, she's like she's Stan- an icon. <laughs> Stan her. Um, well, so I recently got a text. I got a WhatsApp text from a gentleman <sighs> who lives in Indiana who um I like I think I fucked twice at two different ho- hotels and I met him. I think he messaged me on scruff when he was in kuwait and he was in the army and he like preemptively messaged me found me in chicago messaged me and was like i'm in the army but i'm coming back and i live in the area and i was like where do you live in chicago and he was like i live in rural indiana but he like he would always like look for guys in chicago and then we ended up having sex twice at different hotels when he would come to town um and i haven't talked to him in six years maybe and he was just like hey that throat so like, he missed that was, throat he does miss that throat. <laughs> so i was like hello he was like uh are you well how are you where are you and i was like i'm in la he was like oh i'm in indianapolis and i was like bye well what was he trying to do still hook up with you i don't understand. i have no idea these people are really scraping the bottom of the barrel and i'm talking about <laughs> us <laughs> If we're the best that they had. Or no, I guess we're just the last options. That's right. Does that make us needy that they're like, well, at least this guy might do it. I don't want. This is what I was talking about on the Lauren Lapkus episode. Like, I have been reflecting back on all the people that I fucked. And I feel like there are a lot of people that I did just because I didn't love it. I wasn't super into it. I didn't, re- I, I might regret doing it, but it was consensual and I was happy to do, like in the moment I was like fine to do it. But when I think back on it, I'm like, Ugh. so maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe people see us as the lowest option. I mean, I always wonder is. because 
I've been in a relationship for 10 years, so I kind of missed the era of online dating. And I'm like, I wonder if I was like online dating, if I would be a hoe or if I would be like, (laughs) I'm like, I would want, I'm kind of curious. Obviously, I'm not curious, but I'm just like, I wonder what that experience would be like, because I totally missed the boat on that. Yeah, I think it can cause like emotional trauma for people who give it too much weight. Yeah, it can be like really draining. I forgot. See, I was never really huge on using it. Like, I was late to getting Grinder, and then at, by that point, Grinder wasn't too just fat, for everybody. So I was just a to, chub out. Yeah. yeah. So then I had to like move on to these <laughs> other ones, and I was just like, people get so offended if you don't respond, and I don't know. It's not worth it. It's not. Unless you love it. Good for you. Unless you love it, and therefore, go out there and keep chatting but if with there's strangers, a, but don't meet up with them right now. But if there's an empty hole in your heart, and you can't use Grinder to fix it. Use BetterHelp and use our code BetterHelp.com/sloppy for ten percent off your first month. Well, come through integrated marketing campaign. Wow. Listen, I'm out here trying to make money this Pride because I'm stuck in my house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Tenderoni, where can people find you on the internet? And thank you so much for being here. Thank you for so much me. for coming. This was so fun. <laughs> You can find me on Instagram at Tenderoni88. The 88 stands for the minimum amount of rhinestones that I wear in my outfit at one time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you we can didn't even get, Can I ask off. you a question about rhinestones? Yeah. Do you think, okay, if I had a leotard without rhinestones and it looked fine, that's nope. good. It would not look fine. Okay, but I do you think it you. Lo- okay, but do you think it looks better on an outfit that like if it has a sheer cutout to just leave it or to do that thing that some queens do where they're like I bought this bag or these are my leftover rhinestones here's five stones. I definitely you know what think, I mean? Yeah, I definitely think that there's like there's phases to rhinestoning cuz like obviously I'm obsessed with rhinestoning everything and like I do like perimeter rhinestoning or I'm going to do the collar on this or I'm going to like gloves. But I also think that there's like, like Natasha, she rhinestones all a lot of Naomi's things and she does like really nice, like soft. I always call it like girly rhinestoning because it's like that soft, like organic type of rhinestoning. Yeah. But I also think that if you're a campy queen, you don't have to have all your shit rhinestoned either because sometimes it's like, I think if you're just trying to come out and you're just like, doing a joke your joke your gag doesn't have to be rhinestone <laughs> i don't think yeah, it can be your makeup meatball <laughs> thank you <laughs> but i also like i mean i'm in a phase where i'm just like so i love everything rhinestone but now in the digital age rhinestones look trash on video so i have no. to like <laughs> do they <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i have to like adjust what i'm doing you got to get that kira kira filter exactly <laughs> so i'm like okay i have to put a filter for my rhinestone stuff because it's like crusty rocks on my outfit <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. Oh, did you see that Tenderoni uh, show? It was full of those. She was covered in rock. Crusty rock looking ass bitch. I was wondering because I was looking at someone's. They were like showing me a picture of like something that they rhinestoned. And I was like, are you sure those are real stones? Like they look plastic. And they're like, no, they're fucking preciosa. Rhinestones look amazing on stage, under stage lights. Yes. But like in pictures, they look bad. In video, unless you have like amazing lighting or like you're put it through an app, like it's okay. But like, I'm, like sometimes I'm just like, okay, sequins are the tea though. <laughs> sequins never go out of style. Um. Okay. So tenderoni eighty eight. <laughs> yep. Catch me tenderoni eighty eight on Instagram or tender underscore roni on Twitter. 
And don't add me on Facebook because that's just weird. <laughs> and uh, Wait, your what's your show? Venmo and what's your show? Yeah, your Venmo. People need to send you coin. My Venmo is also Tenderoni88 if you want to donate to the coin cause. And you can catch me at Throwback Attack on Twitch forward slash Tender underscore Oni. <laughs> and that'll be <laughs> the next one will be June 8th. That's my birthday edition. So it's going to be late. Yeah. Yeah. So that is three days from when this episode comes out. So and I'm in that it. one. So get yeah. into it. Meatballs in it. Performing. There's a bunch of people in it. Um, bitch is also in it. So it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a good show. It's going to be cute. Okay. Um, well, thank we you so gonna... much for your time, Diva. Thanks so much for listening to Sloppy Seconds. You can follow us on Instagram at SloppyPod. You can send us an email at SloppySecondsPod at gmail.com. Or you can call in with your fuck talk story to 213-536-9180. Maybe next week we will play some voicemails because it's been a minute. Yeah, Maybe well, I lost good- the... I lost the password to the email and I've been too embarrassed to ask. You can also find Big Dipper on Instagram at Big Dipper Jelly. I am at Spiciest Meatball on Instagram and Fat Drag Meatball on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. That's it. We're done now. We're going to go put sequins on everything. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Oh, I, well, I, I felt like we had ended. Doodle doot doot forever. Dog. Oh. Sloppy Seconds is a forever dog podcast. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Mixed and mastered by Will Pitts. Our cover art was drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey. 